Welcome into Tide and Tiger. Scott Griffin here with my old radio partner from Smash Mouth Radio, Pat Smith, hanging out with us. Pat, what's going on? Man, what's happening, Scott? Just I'm just glad to know that you're not up for the Tennessee job. Of course, by the end of this podcast, you might be named the head coach of we, Tennessee. I, we, you're, you're about the way that thing's going. I don't think I remember a mess uh, like that in a while. I mean, even Ole Miss got their act together and hired Matt Luke. That This makes Ole Miss look normal. No, and, and not to mention the fact that look what Mississippi State did. Mississippi State went and hired a coach. They interviewed three or four guys. They got their guy. They're introducing him this afternoon in Starkville. I mean, they knew what they were doing. It just it, it just boggles the mind that John Curry probably knew three or four weeks into the football season that they were going to get rid of their head football coach and that he did not have a plan ready to move the moment that they fired him. And apparently – either did or didn't because he sure hadn't acted like it the last few days. Oh, it's been absolutely remarkable. And then for Mike Gundy to have, at least as of now, said no to $42 million <laughs> and almost a double pay raise. Well, it tells me, and we're not going to spend a lot of time with Tennessee, but it, it tells me that Philip Fulmer is a lot more entrenched in meddling than normal because I can't imagine – somebody that would interview for that job, get that offer, not take it. Yeah. Well, and not to mention the fact that you're talking about seven plus million dollars based on what he was making in Stillwater. This is the second time in the last five years, Scott, that Gundy has turned down the university of Tennessee. I mean, I've been to Stillwater. I know you have too. I would take Knoxville, Tennessee over Stillwater any day of the week, but for whatever reason, he decided he wanted to stay in the Big 12 and not have a defense and run up 60, 70 points a game instead of coming to the SEC and have to battle those type defenses. Well, we'll see what happens with Tennessee. But uh, Gus Malzahn was a guy that went from hot seat to probable contract extension. He beats Alabama, beats Georgia. Before we talk about BCS and Auburn being number two, did you ever see this coming a month ago? No, and I'll be honest, uh, I didn't. And uh, as we were doing the show, you and I both were just pretty amazed at the transformation of this Auburn team going from the LSU loss down in Baton Rouge to the way that this offense and the way Chip Lindsey, the tempo, the rhythm in which that they performed the second half of the season, nobody, nobody wants to play them in the college football playoff, and I don't blame them the play calling that they had against Alabama, and they made Alabama look like a middle-tier SEC team during the Iron Bowl. You have to take your hats off to Gus Malzahn, Chip Lindsey, what Kevin Stills remade defense from last year after you know losing Adams and Lawson. They've just done an incredible job. But I'm like you, Scott. It's pretty amazing the transformation from that week in LSU all the way now to going to Atlanta to play for the SEC championship. All right, so let's talk about it. They're number two. I mean, they're over an undefeated Big Ten team and other teams yeah. with one loss, and not many people are arguing about it. It's kind of an amazing thing when you think about it. No, it is because, Scott, we're, we're talking about if they win the SEC championship game, they will become the first-ever team with two losses to make the college football playoff. But there's nobody in America that would question their current position at number two behind who? The team that beat them. Uh, in the second week of the season, third week of the season. So, you know, it, it's an amazing situation for them to be in. But l let's look at the SEC for a second. 
where you do have Alabama sitting there at five, but most people are going to tell you that they're in trouble because Alabama's season is over with. They have no more games. They can't, they can't pad that resume anymore. Meanwhile, Ohio State and people behind Alabama, they can improve their point in which they can get higher up in the college football playoff. So it, it doesn't look so good for Alabama, but for Auburn, it's pretty simple. You win Saturday in Atlanta, and you're going to the college football playoff, and you're you know, probably, unless Clemson gets upset, upset by Miami, I mean, you're the number two at worst, number one, and then you're going to get to play in the South in the first round of the playoffs. But for Alabama, I, I think they're in this about as best position as they could have asked for. Like you said, it wasn't a blowout by any stretch, but I, I did never got the feel being at the game other than that third quarter drive where Alabama took the lead briefly. But even then, I didn't feel like Alabama's going to win this game. I mean, I felt like Auburn was in control the entire time. So, so being fifth, to me, is about as good as they could have hoped for. Yeah, and based on how everybody was throwing dirt on their grave the moment that game ended and how Auburn did dominate the football game, but for Alabama to come in where they did in the college football playoff poll was pretty amazing. But the way Kirby Hocutt set it up after the, the post-announcement of the top eight and the top 25, he kind of set it up because the criteria is the one thing that they look at is going to be the conference championships. And that's where I think that although that you and I both agree, even if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, okay, even if they take care of that, then, you know, what I'm looking at is the fact that I can't get over that they absolutely, I'm talking about Ohio State, got pounded, embarrassed, humiliated in Iowa City when they played the Hawkeyes. I mean, that was a monumental beatdown. Alabama goes on the road and plays their biggest rival, and it was a competitive game. Yeah, I mean, the, the final score, the statistics, Auburn dominated. They won the game. But at the end of the day, that was not about as loss as Iowa doing what they did to Ohio State. And if it's all about the wins and losses, Scott, Ohio State has two losses. Alabama's yeah. only got one. No doubt. That's so what bothers why, me. Why, why, yeah, why do you even play the game, Scott? I mean, I mean, where, where in the world, especially when you're a Power 5 team, I get you know, Central Florida – not being in the top 10, not even being, you know, ranked in the top six, whatever you want to say, because they're not part of a power five conference, right? But Alabama is, and so is Ohio state. And you lose two games during the season, especially the one like I would, I mean, listen, the Auburn loss to Alabama, it came at the worst time of the year, but it was not a so-called bad loss. I mean, we, we talk about good losses and bad losses when we talk about the NCAA basketball tournament, but what happened to Alabama was not a bad loss. What Ohio State did at Iowa City, that's a bad loss. And on top of that, they already lost at home to a very good Oklahoma team. So that's where the whole rub's going to come in, Scott, is going to be where are we at if Ohio State wins the Big Ten and Alabama obviously maintains their current position at, at fifth or jumping up one if somebody else loses. Well, obviously Wisconsin would lose in the top four, but if Miami upsets Clemson, then what takes place there? Do you take a two-loss Clemson team over a one-loss Alabama team? So or, there's a lot of things that can happen this weekend. Well, and, and the the other issue is right behind Alabama, Georgia 6, Miami 7, Ohio State 8, they all play teams ranked ahead of Alabama. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if they all win, they could go in there and certainly – 
Alabama, you could argue, could vault in. But one of those, Oklahoma, won't. So yeah. Alabama would almost have to look for a scenario where 6, 7, and 8 won, and then TCU won. I'm not sure that's real <laughs> that we would have yeah, that many upsets, you know? Well, and, and, but you know what, Scott, and we talked about it all season long. There was just something about this Alabama football team. We didn't really know exactly what it was. But to me, it reminded me a lot of the 2010 team. They had a world of talent. They were coming off that national championship, and it was almost kind of like a malaise. And for whatever reason, we kept waiting for that offense. Granted, they scored a lot of points. The defense performed admirably. But the injuries that this football team had, the way that Jalen Hurts could not effectively move the football against one of the best defenses in America and Auburn on Saturday, if I'm an Alabama fan – I'm taking whatever bowl game, and and I don't want to go to the college football playoff because I'm telling you, Scott, if they somehow find a way to get in the the Final Four, I'm afraid that it's going to be potentially a game like we saw when they played Ohio State in the college football playoff down in New Orleans a couple years ago. I I just, for whatever reason, I just do not like this Alabama football team playing at that type of level as we've seen in the past. Yeah, and there's definite holes, but there's holes everywhere, it seems like. And the ironic thing, we think Auburn's playing better, wouldn't you agree, than anybody in America right now. Clemson would be right there, too, I think. But that's the two top teams, I think they got it right as far as how they're playing right now. Yeah, there's no question, Scott. I mean, Auburn is playing the best football in America. But the biggest question, and I know, uh, you know, talking to the folks down at Auburn, they're still concerned about on Johnson's health because – We've all seen that Carryon Johnson, he is absolutely the straw that, that stirs the drink for Auburn. And for them to be successful on Saturday, they're going to need Carryon Johnson to be successful and get positive yardage running the football. Now, that doesn't mean he has to put forth a 120, 150-yard effort, but they've got to be able to mix it up. And that's what Chip Lindsey did so well against Alabama. Look at how many times on first down Stidham was throwing rockets out in the flat you know, and getting first downs. They were getting seven, eight yards, uh, uh, you know, every time they had, you know, the first down plays. So I think that's key for Auburn in this football game. But, but you said it best. I mean, almost every team has got certain flaws. There is not the absolute guaranteed dominant team that you can say is going to go into the college football playoff and just blow everybody out. But you can say that no team in America is playing better than Auburn. Yeah, they, they are rolling. They have national championship talent. And now they beat the number one team two times in three weeks. Pat, can they beat Georgia again in Atlanta? They won't have that enthusiasm that they got from the Auburn crowd. But, you know, I still think this team is good enough to even overcome that. And I would never have thought I would say they would have a chance. But after seeing and witnessing it, I wouldn't bet against this team doing this too. No, no, you're absolutely right. And the thing about it is, now one thing about the crowd, keep in mind Georgia secured the SEC East weeks ago. And it's been a while since they've been in Atlanta playing for the SEC championship. So I think the tickets, a lot of folks, that's going to be a a predominantly a Georgia crowd against Auburn. It's not going to be quite like playing between the hedges, but I think it's going to definitely be, you know, 70-30 Georgia to Auburn. So you take the crowd factor out of it and then I think based on what took place down on the plains Kirby is a smart enough football coach that he's not going to go down the same road that he did before because he lost 
So I think Georgia is going to be ready. I think Georgia is going to run the football probably more effectively, try to mix up the pass a little more. But in the long run, I think Auburn wins the game again, but it just will not be in a dominating performance like we saw him do at Jordan-Hare against Georgia or Alabama. And as you said, they don't have to, though. They just have to control the run. They don't have to. I mean, they completely no. stopped it. That the, the rushing totals in that game in the fourth quarter were like 23 yards. Georgia added 20-some-odd more yards on that last drive when it was over. It was crazy how they controlled well, it. So we can't expect yeah. that repeat performance, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they they need to have that. They just, they just need to keep it under you know, 150 or 200, some kind of crazy number. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that the thing that's probably keeping Kirby smart up at night about this game is seeing the the rushing numbers for Jared Stidham. I mean, we're not talking about him scrambling uh, out of the pocket and then picking up some trash yards. I mean, we're talking about going up against Alabama. These were designed runs. And at one point in the fourth quarter, Jared Stidham had more rushing yards than the entire Alabama backfield, and that includes Jalen Hurts and all the running backs. If they do that and he can get positive yardage running the football in design runs, and then you've got on Johnson, and you've got these quick throws that Stenham was pinpoint accurate on against Alabama and Georgia the first time, you know, I just don't see how anybody, I mean, not, not Georgia this weekend or anybody potentially in the college football playoff, be able to stop this type of momentum that they've got on offense. But Kerry on Johnson does have the, the banged up shoulder. He went out late against Alabama. He has carried the brunt, as you know, of 25, 30 carries a game. They can shoot him up, but can he be the same kind of guy? And if he's average, can they win a game with carry on Johnson's average? I, I think they can. I really do. I mean, with the way that offensive line has played for Auburn, with Stidham being as accurate as he has been all season long, the level of defense uh, that Auburn continues to play. I mean, when Kevin Steele only blitzes Alabama twice, only two blitzes called in that Iron Bowl game, and they were in the backfield the entire time against an Alabama offensive line that was announced today that is up for uh, one of the best offensive linemen awards in America. So, I mean, it wasn't chopped liver. So when you look at this Auburn defense and, and what they're able to do, I, I'm telling you, I just think that it's going to be tough sledding for Georgia again. I just see it as a close game, but you don't need carry on to be 150 yards. You just need carry on to be able to, to set up that play action and allow Stidham the time and get that rhythm and momentum going for that offense. Fromm was pretty good throwing the football against Auburn, especially when we consider they completely halted the run. Does he have to have a big day, you think, for, for Georgia to win this game? Well, I definitely think they're going to have to throw the football, Scott. And I think that was the problem that Alabama had against Auburn. Granted, Hurts didn't have a lot of time. But Fromm has got to throw the ball downfield. They have, just like what we've been talking about with on Johnson, they have got to be successful enough with Chubb and Michelle in the backfield that they're going to have to be able to set up some type of play action in which Fromm has got to be able to have some time where he can throw the quick outs and he can do some things to their tight end. That is going to be their formula offensively. You know, taking him on the road at Auburn and playing that game, you knew that they were not going to ask him to do a lot throwing the football. I think it's going to be completely different now. I think their game plan is going to be they're going to come out and they're going to try to open it up, and they're going to try to throw it. They're going to try to take it to Auburn like Auburn has so many teams in the second half of the year. 
It, it's going to be a very interesting game plan for Georgia. A lot of people are making a big deal, as I first talked about, uh, not being at Auburn, being on a neutral field, or Georgia having a pro crowd uh, for them. You know, I think Auburn fans are going to buy tickets to this thing, and oh, no I, I don't see that being no a huge factor, really. I don't get that feel for this game. No, I don't think it's going to be a big factor, but I think if the place was 70-30 Auburn to Georgia, that that would have played more of a of a key than it being the other way around. Um, I just think that the, the Auburn program and the chaos that they, that they were able to, to, to help disrupt the football flow for Georgia and Alabama when they hosted them the last couple of weeks, I think that played just huge dividends for the emotion of the football team. You know, you're now in the Georgia Dome, excuse me, not Georgia Dome, next door to the old Georgia Mercedes, Dome. Mercedes, yeah. In the, Merce- yeah, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And and I think the crowd is going to be pro-Georgia. And so that I mean, it's just going to dilute what Auburn's big crowd could potentially have done for that. But you're, you're talking about two very good football teams. And, you know, you look at the big matchups in the history of college football. I mean, I think about, of course, the game of the century in Tuscaloosa in which, you know, LSU knocked off Bama 9-6, to six, and then Bama beats them in the national championship. I think back to, you know, what took place. Uh, remember a couple of years ago in the regular season, remember South Carolina, uh, you know, played Auburn, and then they played them again in the uh, SEC championship game, and Cam Newton, well, they scored like 30-something points yeah. uh, at halftime against South Carolina and just, you know, just dismembered them because everyone says it's always more difficult to beat a team the second time in the season. But there's an example there where Auburn took care of business twice. But also think back to when Florida and Florida State did battle in the 90s, Bowden against Spurrier, the last game of the season. Then they turned around and played in the national championship, and it was a completely different outcome of that football game. So you can cite all sorts of examples, but you and I both know, and we've covered this league for a long time, it is very difficult, very difficult to beat a team, especially when you've played them within the last 30 days. All right, so give me – and that I, my first thought would have been, yes, there's no way. But, again, after seeing them, it, there's a way to me. I mean, that the the eye test when it's in person is just – it's crazy. So give me your final four now. It sounds like Auburn's definitely one of the four. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Well, I, I think Wisconsin is going to take care of business. I, I think Ohio State uh, – I think Wisconsin is going to rise to the occasion. They're going to win. Auburn will take care of Georgia. So they're in. They'll be the only SEC team that's in the mix. Oklahoma will take care of, of TCU. And I think Clemson will beat Miami. As a matter of fact, I don't even think that game's going to be close, Scott. I, I think Clemson just uh, – Miami's got a couple injuries that we found out about this week, uh, them going on the road, and, and, and they really got exposed against Pittsburgh. I, I just don't see any way that Miami pulls that upset. So I, I think what you see now is basically your four – that was announced uh, on Tuesday night. That's going to be your four for the college football playoff. Well, the committee would love that. Yeah. Bill Hancock, your friend, would, I oh, mean, they, oh, that would make them look good, right? Oh, absolutely. And and there's no, be no chaos. But as you and I have seen many times, uh, any 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 belief that it is going to go as script, you can throw that out because I I think there is some potential there. That's just my final prediction of what's going to happen. It's not a very sexy pick. Yeah. But I'm just telling you that anytime that you believe that, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, it's going to happen, and something weird is going to happen. I think any, I, I wouldn't bet against Gary Patterson putting, putting forth a defensive battle 
and given Oklahoma. I think of all those championship games that potentially could go the other way, it, believe it or not, Baker Mayfield is playing as well as anybody in the country, but I still maintain that with Gary Patterson and that defense and Kenny Hill gets hot in that football game, Oklahoma would not surprise me in the least if they get upset. So, so if Alabama's only hope that game, because, again, as I started talking about earlier, if Georgia, Miami, Ohio State win, they're all playing teams ranked ahead of Alabama. You could argue, well, they're going to jump ahead and Alabama wouldn't have a shot. A, a shot. So is it to you the Oklahoma TCU is the key deal for Alabama? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, you don't want Ohio State to win because if Ohio State wins, then then here we go, the whole debate about the resume and, and all that kind of stuff that everybody in America is yelling about. You know, if TCU knocks off Oklahoma, then that frees up one of those top four spots. Auburn would need to beat Georgia to keep Georgia out of the top four. And Bama's sitting there at number five, so they easily could be bumped up from that point. Of course, at that, at that juncture, you know, TCU's going to be hollering that they're a conference champion. They should be in over Alabama and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Scott, uh, the chaos that I think so many people would love to see, I just don't think it's going to happen. And the four from Tuesday night will be the four that we'll be talking about previewing that for the college football playoff. All right, great stuff from Pat Smith, as always. Old radio partner of Smash Mouth Radio here on Tide and Tiger. We'll be talking after the game and as we head into the college football playoff next week. Pat, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Pat Smith, Griff here on Tide and Tiger. Don't forget about the YouTube channel, Tide and Tiger, also right here on Podbean and following Smash Mouth Radio on iTunes as well. Pass Miss Scott Griffin saying so long. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.